Because I was like the grammar police. And so people would be like, don't talk to Kelly. Don't. You don't want to do that. Because I'm, I'm literally, we're having a conversation. I'm like, you realize that you use that word out of context, right? And I had glasses and braces. And so I was always like pushing my glasses. I'm like, you realize? You realize that that's a fallacy, right? You know, I was that kind of kid. Oh, my God. Welcome to the For Atlanta Podcast, where our purpose is to be the place to inspire you to learn and love Atlanta even more than you thought you could. My name is Terrence, and today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a special guest co-host in the house. Her name is Peyton. Peyton is a remarkable person, but I don't want to be the only person to tell you about Peyton, and so we're just going to welcome Peyton and have Peyton talk about ourselves. Peyton, <laughs> welcome. Wow. Honored to be a part of some of the incredible work you're doing, T. Um, always fun to be with you too. So, um, but yeah, my name is Peyton Murphy. I um, get the honor and privilege of working with our college ministry. So that is called the Living Room or TLR for short. And I've been a part of the TLR fam for about three years now. One as a volunteer small group leader, and then two as a staff member as our um, coordinator. And so, it's truly been probably the most fulfilling work. I have ever gotten to do, um, and I'm probably subjective, but I think we have the best students in the world, and I love them so much. They've taught me a lot, um, especially about how to be for Atlanta and for them. And so, um, yeah, that's a little just about my role, at least with Buckhead Church. That is fantastic. I'm so glad to have you here. I think that uh, our listeners are going to be very uh, excited to hear from you and hear your perspective as we you know, dive into these episodes. Um, so, you know, today we have an amazing guest, of course. Uh, we've got some amazing people just in the city of Atlanta doing some incredible and remarkable things. Uh, but before we get into that, as you already know, we always try to highlight a business or an organization that is truly for Atlanta. And uh, today we have one that we are pretty familiar with around here at, at Buckhead Church. Pay, hey, tell, tell us who we got today. Man, I, I feel like I am not even on the level to be able to introduce <laughs> Danny Kim into the interwebs, but <laughs> but I'm excited to talk about him because he and his wife, um, so they own and created a restaurant called the Local Expedition Wood-Fired Grill, which from here on out, I will only refer to as local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you have not already tried their food, I encourage you to run, not walk, <laughs> to one of their locations. They started in Alpharetta in 2016, and they have a another store in Sandy Springs. And Danny Kim um, and his wife, Diana, they're you know originally from California. He's backed by incredible restaurant experience, food-making experience, um, and he's just a passion for great food and, and great people. So their local is most known for their very healthy Mediterranean fare and specifically their smoked uh, wood-fired grilled slaps, chicken. Man. That food is delicious. It's too good. I'm telling it's you. It's too good. And the sauce game is strong, too. The sauce. They got four different sauces at least, all made in-house. Yeah. It's really good. So not only is he known for all this, he's a renowned cook. Um, He is truly for his family. He's for his employees. Um, He's for Atlanta, and I'm very blessed to be able to call him a friend. Well, that is fantastic. And so that is who we are highlighting today, the local 
Expedition yes. Wood Fire Grill. There it is. Also known as the local. In order to figure out who they are and find out more about them, you can follow them on Instagram at Local Expedition WFG. That is Local Expedition WFG. We are grateful that they're in our community and they are making us all better. And thank you, Danny and the local, for being for Atlanta. Um, yeah, it's just remarkable. And speak, speaking of remarkable and <laughs> being for our city, today our guest is a great example of what it means to be for our city and the people in it, particularly in the area of education and human development. Ladies and gentlemen, I I think this conversation, Pay, and you can attest to that, was remarkable was, with Kelly yeah. Britton. Not um, enough time to yeah, even seriously. really share everything, I mean, but it, it, we, what's shared is yeah, seriously, profound. Seriously. And, and it is our honor uh, to welcome to the Four Atlanta Podcast Ms. Kelly Britton of the Harvard Debate Council Diversity Project, which is an Atlanta-based pipeline program that recruits, trains, and sends black youth to a summer debate residency program at Harvard University and Harvard College. Now, that is the official word, but in reality, honestly, it's way much more than mm -hmm. that. But, um, you know, I think we should probably hop into this episode because it is a great one. What do you think, Pei? Uh, you don't want to miss it. All right. So... Here we go. Welcome to the For Atlanta podcast, where our hope is that you would love and learn Atlanta more than you thought you could. My name is Terrence, and we have a, a, <laughs> a special co-host with us today, and her name is... Peyton. Peyton, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Peyton is remarkable human, uh, like a remarkable human being, everybody, um, and I'm so glad that she is with us. Today, and also with us, we have just a special guest with us today, and a person that is remarkable, and I would say needs no introduction, but she does need an introduction in the show, because I feel like that's what we should do. And she is uh, helping to change and transform our city, particularly in the area of education and human development. So, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome our good friend, Miss Kelly Britton of the Harvard Debate Council Diversity Project. Welcome Woo! to the show, Miss yeah, Kelly. Thank you, thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, ma'am. So proud that uh, <laughs> that you got that name in its entirety. Come on, there it is. But we're gonna we're gonna shorten it a little. We'll make it a little easier come on, come for on. for you and for everyone. Mm -hmm. And we'll call it the Harvard Diversity Project or the oh, HDP. Okay. Sometimes we have to do that. Mm. Because mm. it's a little challenging to do the HDCDP <laughs> thing repeatedly. <laughs> Say it five times fast. I dare you. Um, so, no, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. The energy in this space. Y'all, I wish you could feel what I feel. Like so when I walked cool. in the building from the moment that I got out of the car, right? Wow. Until I'm standing there and a young man, I have no idea who he is. He doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Comes to the door and says, hey, are you waiting for someone? And I'm like, Yes. Thank you. He's like, come on in, have a seat, get comfortable. They'll come down. They'll be here in a moment. Wow. And I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Come on. You know, when you're among God's people wow. and it is a beautiful mm. thing. And I feel a presence in this wow. building, in this space. And so I'm excited to be here. So mm. who am I? Yes. Who am I? Yes. Um, tell us. I'm a servant leader. I believe that everything that God has given me, I'm supposed to give to somebody else. Mm. And so I do that through the work that I'm doing uh, now with young people here in Atlanta. So I am the director of operations and programming for the HDP. Uh, we are a satellite program, the only one that exists for Harvard University and Harvard College. Wow. Wow. And so the journey of how I got here, 
uh, and and why I'm here. We'll dig into that. But I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. And it's things like this, like conversations right here that remind me. I think that God gives us breadcrumbs like Hansel and Gretel. Wow. To show us when we're on the right path, right? Yeah. And so when I when I meet people and have conversations that affirm and confirm his calling over my life, mm. I know that I'm doing the work that he wants me to do. And so through that, I'm a girl mom. I'm a Spelman mom. Come there on here. Is. I'm a yes. Ron Clark Academy mom. Come on here. I'm a mom to a whole bunch of kids. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if I could have one child, Lord. <laughs> you gave, you gave me all me these. Too. There's a 10-year spread there, so I think he was giving me some time. Okay, to catch up. Yeah. And now I have over a hundred and it is an amazing but very um responsibility filled, mm. accountability mm. required role. Wow. And it's something that if you had asked me ten years ago if I would be here, I would have said, Yeah, no. Mm. I don't I don't know if that's yeah. If that's what God has for me, you know, I'm a very behind the scenes type of person. I love Mm -hmm. to move in silence. Mm. I like to execute. Real G's move in silence. Listen, hey, you won't know my name. (laughs) Um, You know, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And then God said, yeah, okay, okay. Your plans are great. Wow. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for the plans I have for you. And so when you become obedient, you see a lot of things and a lot of things Mm -hmm. start to make sense. And so that's why I'm here today, because a lot of things make sense. Wow. And I want to make sure I share that with people who need to know what it looks like in real life when you follow the calling that God has over your life. Good. So that, I mean, that's remarkable in itself. And and even hearing how, you know, you mentioned Spellman, you mentioned Ron Clark Academy, you mentioned all these Atlanta-based, Atlanta establishments. So for you, like... How are you originally from Atlanta? Like, <laughs> like, have you have you been here? Did you come from other? Are you like, how did you get to Atlanta? Yes. And why are you still in Atlanta? Why? You know what? That is an excellent question. I'm glad that you asked that, Terrence. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, so so the story of how we got here is really it's really cool. Um, but I mean, I guess I'll take it all the way back. My father was born in Seoul. Korea. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even how I came, you know, into being is just all miracles. Wow. So my dad was orphaned and he was adopted by a couple wow. in Detroit, Michigan, and came to the United States when he was three years old. So I have like an, you know, an immigrant origin story wow. of sorts. Wow. Uh, my mom's family is from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Hey, shout out to the 336. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And so uh, they, the family migrated to New York. And so my um, mother is from Buffalo. Yeah, so it's wow. interesting, right? Yeah. Okay, so it just keeps getting more interesting, you know. <laughs> um, let's fast forward. My parents meet in college at Oakwood College, now Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, like a, there's a quadrillion Seventh-day Adventist Christians there. <laughs> yeah, there's a quadrillion, you know. Not, not a whole lot, but that's where they, they tend to be. Um, they met there, and they were friends in college, and they didn't date. And then they dated later and got married and had my sister and I and my little brother. And so my dad, from when he was very young, living in Detroit, always said he wanted to make it to Atlanta. Uh, It was a dream of his to raise his family here. And so we lived in, I was born in Michigan. We lived in Ohio. Then we moved to Alabama. And then we came here. And it was in 1993. Uh, My dad uh, was the assistant 
financial aid director at Clark Atlanta University. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And it was crazy because, you know, this was his dream coming true, like bringing us here, changing what he thought would be the trajectory of our lives. Right. And so he's working at Clark Atlanta. And then five years later, my sister and my brother were working there, too. Wow. Right. Wow. And now, so we just celebrated this past Sunday, my sister's eldest son's graduation from Morehouse College. At UC Roots. So every seed that was planted along the way has resulted in how we got here and in part why I do what I do in Mm -hmm. education. So I got a ton of teachers in our family. Again, I was not. I didn't think that was where I needed to be. (laughs) That wasn't your call. You know, but he he qualifies the call because... He brought me to a space where I was supposed to use my business expertise to build infrastructure for a nonprofit organization. Wow. And Brandon Fleming, our executive director, founder, and CEO said, hey, someone needs you to come in the classroom. <laughs> and I was like, what? Come in the classroom? You mean you want me to audit the course? I'm happy to do that. He's like, yeah, no, I want to you know, teach you how to teach so that your impact can be scaled Mm. for the people who need it the most. And I was like, okay. I mean, I've trusted God thus far because the call that came in wasn't supposed to come in when it came in, but it did. Mm. Right. Mm. And so I was like, if I'm here and this is what I'm being asked to do, then it must be in order. And so I'll do that. And so here we are (laughs) 28 years later. So I've been in in Atlanta for 28 years and every time I've attempted to leave, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to move to L.A. Sure you are. Cost of living. (laughs) I'm going to move to Chicago. What kind of winter is this? Listen, come on. What are we Mm -mm. doing? You're going to get blown away. I feel like like it's like 11 months of winter. (laughs) Right. And then like a month of summer. Right. Mm. Rips through your soul. It's worth it though. Summertime is beautiful. It tears at you a little. It does. Each season. Each way. So no, um, I'm here and I figured that since I'm going to be here, I've... um, fallen in love here mm. i've gone to school here my mother died here you know what i mm. mean like my family is rooted here mm. and so because i am here the work begins where you are you got to water wow. the grass around you come on and so that's what i'm doing so uh and pay you jump in at, at any time i i want to like hearing that and you talk about your your business acumen right and the things that you were doing while everybody was educating and this was your field and how you were using your skill set to do what you were doing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So like, I know you got some accounting in your background. Yes. I know mm-hmm. there's some other things, but you also have some very entertaining <laughs> parts of your, you know, your... I love a punt. <laughs> I yeah. love a punt. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, well, let's get into yeah, it. Let's talk. Let, let's, let's hear about that. Cause I'm sure that our listeners, you know, being, this is a four ATL for Atlanta podcast. We want to hear about what's going on with Kelly and how it ties to the A. Absolutely. And so I will say that I've lived probably nine lives when it comes to careers and, and working. <laughs> okay. I've done a few things. Okay. Okay. Um, I, and, you know, I tell this to uh, the young people that, that I mentor all the time is that, you know, when we are working to be good kids, you know, because we want to make our parents proud. We want to make our communities happy. We want to serve others. You know, um, we often allow the outside voices to tell us what we are and who we are on the inside. Mm. Mm. And because we're young, we are taught that the people who came before us have a wisdom and a knowledge that we are required to have reverence for and not Mm -hmm. question. 
I wish I had questioned that. It might have saved me from changing my major nine times <laughs> in college. I mean, it's um, so you know, six for me. You know, it, look, the numbers—they're coming in yeah. multiples of three. That lady appreciates the nine. Okay, times, for sure. Okay, and so it definitely would have saved me some time and some some heartache in trying mm-hmm. to figure out who I was and where I belonged in the world. However. When you are walking that path, you get to experience a number of different things freely because you realize at a certain point that your job is to take in what's happening around you, process Mm. that, and determine how best you can serve others. Mm. And so I did that a number of ways. I started out in retail accounting with Publix. Come on, Publix. We're yes. shopping. Is it pl- do we do commercial? <laughs> Double wide lanes. You want to do a commercial for Listen, us? Like okay. Because so Publix, while it's not rooted in um, Georgia, its home is in Florida, but it came here and was knocking down Straight doors. Up. Like, Straight we're here. Publix, man. Look at us. Listen, and it's a new shopping experience. And so I was excited. Yeah, I wanted to be a part of that. Listen, I'm not mad at that at all. It was my first mm-hmm. job ever. Wow. Right? Um, and so I just, I stayed and I was like... I love this. So I'm in college working at Publix and it was just a really great experience. It allowed me to meet a lot of different people and to understand that service was my calling Mm. because Mm. that's a job of service. Okay. That lady that comes in returns everything she bought last week. Ma'am, do you realize you ate half of that salmon? No worries. No worries. I've got it. I'll take care of you. So no, it was exciting, you know, and I was young and I was like, okay. And they were like, you should go into the management management track. And I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. Let's see what it's about. And then I realized at that point that I wanted to try some other things. Mm. Right. And so, so I was like, okay. Let me uh, go back to the drawing board. And so, you know, it didn't help that I kept changing majors because changing <laughs> jobs and majors kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. So then I started working in commercial real estate in mm. IT with web developers, a very interesting bunch, <laughs> very creative, very, you know, very analytical. Yes. It was the, the meeting, the intersection of left and right brains that really mm. intrigued me. And I was like, how can you be so this way, hmm. but so this way? Mm-hmm. Right. Your brain works on both sides. This is awesome. And I love it. And I was like, yes, yeah, is great. So then they got bought by another company, a larger company. And that company came in and said, hey, we like you. We're going to pay you this large sum of money for a young person. And we want you to there stay on with us as we take on this new this new frontier <laughs> of commercial real estate management and IT. And I was like, oh, this is this is going to be exciting this is really good money. Like, <laughs> and then I um, got pregnant with my daughter. Mm. Her father and I were young and we were in love and we thought we knew what, you know, we've got it all under control because our plans are going to be this, this and this, and it's going to happen <laughs> just this way. Yep. And it, and it really didn't, it was really, it was a really crazy time in my life. And I was like, I have to make some choices. Mm. And um, I tell folks all the time that I chose being a mom over being a corporate career woman at that point in my life mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that she would need things from me that I wouldn't be able to just call her and say, hey, can't make it today, okay? Yeah. I've got to go to the kindergarten presentation <laughs> yeah, yeah. of whatever it would be. Color that would books. be three hours long. Yes. And all of the children would have a speaking part. I don't know <laughs> why that happens, but it does. And so I did. I chose. I chose to go into small business, which... Here we go into the entertainment space. And so mm-hmm. I had a mentor from high school who opened a boutique firm here in Atlanta. Um, it was unprecedented because she was a black woman and there were no black female owned or operated boutique accounting business management firms for entertainers. Wow. Even her story 
is a story. Like, and so yeah. I had known her for a while, um, had, had stayed in contact. My dad sent a message that, you know how when you're looking for someone, you go to the network. Hey, mm-hmm. guys, I got a position here, okay? <laughs> yeah. Send me your best. <laughs> and so my dad forwarded it to me because he knew that I was at a point where I needed to make some, some moves, some mm-hmm. decisions. And so I got it. I sent my resume and got hired at Envision Business Management Group. And I stayed there for 13 years. Wow. Yeah. And so um, it was a move that I made because I needed to be in a space that understood the demands of motherhood Mm. uh, that would uh, not put a ceiling on me, Mm -hmm. you know, that would allow me to grow. And I wanted something different, you know, and I didn't want to be in the entertainment spotlight, but I I did want to serve people in that space. And that is in part due to the fact that my family is a musical family. And I've got cousins who do music. And so the industry was just kind of there. And I knew that that wasn't my thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that the way that I thought about numbers and the the ways that I ideate about process and workflow would be helpful in a space like that. And I was able to grow and develop those skills mm-hmm. at Envision. And then it was time for me to go. I knew in my, like my spirit kept saying, you know, you've done your good work here. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to take these things and go out into the world and do something different. And I thought that that something different was to serve all the people I couldn't serve there. Right. And so you have thresholds when you work in business management. You have to have a certain number of liquid assets. Right. Or assets, period, Mm -hmm. in order to be placed in certain offices, the assets under management type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there were numbers of people I had met over the years that just didn't have that threshold but needed the services that we provided. And so I made it my goal to help um, aspiring and new entrepreneurs figure it out Hmm. because most businesses fail within the first two to five years because of a lack of infrastructure, a lack of strategic Mm -hmm. planning, a lack of resources. And so in a city where I had never seen what I saw in Atlanta, because I've seen Atlanta through a number of iterations, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like it has been reborn several times over the last almost now three decades. Phoenix, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I wanted to be a part of what I thought was going to be the next phase for Atlantans, which it has proven to be, hmm. that yeah. it is a home of probably the most, and I have to look up the statistics, um, black-owned businesses and small, new small businesses across any demographic. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, I'm in the pocket now. Yeah, you know, yeah. hey, <laughs> I found it. <laughs> and then the economy started changing. I was like, well, then. <laughs> I was like, let me go into my closet and see, should I go back now? Because it's... <laughs> I done left and I, you know, I was like, I was like did I make out. the right decision yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so 2016 and 2017 were very scary years. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, um, <laughs> uh, maybe I should have waited a couple mm. of years. And then I got the phone call from Brandon Fleming and that is mm-hmm. God giving those breadcrumbs. No, no, no. Stay the course. It's scary because you're about to do something different. Wow. It's scary because um, you have to learn how to trust me when I tell you to move. You got to move. Mm. It's scary because you're used to having everything figured out, but I've shown you repeatedly over time that you don't Wow. and that my plan is a greater plan. So all I need you to do is answer the phone Wow. because when Brandon mm. had called me a year before that, I told him no. I told him no. I was like, no, I'm right here doing my thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm making a difference right here and I'm going to stay right here. Okay. And then God was like, okay, you want, all right. Let me show you how many new clients are you looking for? Okay. I want to make sure that you have enough to do what you need to do, but you're not going to get any more than that. You're going to try a lot of different things. 
um, to get more clients. But this is not what I have for you. So stop being hard headed and answer the phone. And so, yeah. What happens when you when you follow? T, she just took us to church. Listen, did she? <laughs> Raising I mean, church. You don't never get away from that. You got to go back <laughs> now. He's not going to let you stray too far. Hansel and Gretel on him. Okay. Okay. Took us back to childhood all the way to church. <laughs> Listen, we're here. All Listen, all right. song all service, right. what you want to do? Yeah. What you want to do? I, Seriously. Man, we are soldiers. I love it. In the army. <laughs> like we, you know, we could take it back to song service if you want to. No, we... Uh, um, it's been a journey and I'm excited still. And it's crazy because I, you know, I thought I'd reach that place at a point in my life at a certain age, you know, you have that by 25, by 30. And I turned 40 last year and in the middle of probably the most disruptive, you know, um, global issue that we've Mm. seen in recent years. But I found some things, you know, last Mm. year. Then I think that we were just being told to slow down. That that's mm-hmm. a that's a very good uh, point and a very good thought because I think that for many of us in this space, I think now I think twenty twenty overall, there was definitely some downside to that, that's right? right? And there's a lot of lives that were affected, that's and, correct, and you know a lot of loss overall. That's right. And I think some of the gains came from the ability to slow down yeah. and to recalibrate our perspective. That's correct. Right. Like mm-hmm. I think that I think about even my, in my own life, like the pace that I was moving at mm-hmm. was just ungodly mm-hmm. in terms of like, and so I'm reading this book while we sleep right now. Yes. And it is a really good book and it talks about the value of sleep. That's right. And mm-hmm. how a lot of the illnesses and things that we experience as a society as a whole right now really come as a result of sleep depravity. Mm. That's right. Which is, which is, you know, it's something that you wouldn't immediately go to or think mm-hmm. about, but it's like, no, like the reason you talk about evolution, he talks about this, this in the book, like how over time, whenever, whenever you evolve, you, you either get rid of something or you keep doing it. Well, sleep over the years, no one's ever evolved out of sleep. Like ever, which mm-hmm. means that it is a very big deal right. to us, you know, as humans. And so, yeah, so I think that you're right in terms of just the ability to slow down and to mm-hmm. to re um, and a lot of what, realign like what is very important to you and what is not as important to you. So that's absolutely that's a very good point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you mentioned everything that you did. Like I said, we in Atlanta, so you know we in the A town, and okay. this all this we we talked about this being the birthplace of of Dr. King and Outkast. Okay, so you know we got and now all you that. Got, now you got the Migos. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We got we got all that. You got but, the Migos, and you worked in this industry. So like, <laughs> I who, did. Who are some of the people that you worked alongside? So Kelly? it's crazy because when I started at Envision, I was a part time admin. Within six months, I was an assistant client manager, and within a year, I had a portfolio. Of course, you were there because I was this, trying this to go hard in the paint. This don't surprise us <laughs> for what I wanted <laughs> to do. With my life, I, that was my as career. I was like, I'm here. Yeah. Listen, as and and it really mom, is. I, I mean, but it really is as a result of having the type of leadership that we had, mm-hmm. because it takes um it takes a lot to be a person of empathy and business. Yes, right. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is yes. important. That's okay? right. <laughs> right. That's we right. have people to feed. Yeah. Um. But but in in order to have the type of work environment 
um, that is conducive to that kind of success. You got to be a certain type of person. That's true. Mm. And this woman, she not only did she mentor me as a mother because my daughter was two. She had just turned two when my mother died. Wow. And so mm. I needed God. See, this is what I'm talking about. Mm. When you move, yeah. he says move, you move. Wow. There are things that will be put in place for you. Mm. Wow. And she was put in place for me at that time. I knew her. I had right, known right, her. Right. But in that time and space wow. in my life, he knew I was going to need wow. her as wow. a as a resource and as a mentor and as a person that could guide me through the unknown of being a professional mother and a woman in general. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I learned a lot while I was there, not just in industry, because, I mean, I had done a lot. I mean, we ran restaurants. We built clothing lines. We opened retail clothing stores. Mm-hmm. We managed properties. Like So the breadth of my resume comes from the multitude of experiences that I had working for people like Ludacris. Wow. Working wow. for people like Jeezy. Working for people like Janelle Monet, Music Soul Child, and CeeLo Green. You know, working for Disturbing the Peace as a record label and Corporate Thugs Entertainment as a label. And so there were a lot of experiences, a lot of places I was able to go. Mind you, being a young mom, you know, I wasn't rich, you know, but in in, in as far as like wealth and money. But I was rich in experiences right. because I got yeah. a chance to see certain areas of life that I wouldn't have otherwise experienced. And it helped me build context, Wow! Mm. not just for my purpose, but for the purpose of my children. That's right. I had both of my daughters there. Right. Um, And so I'm grateful Mm. uh, for the entertainment industry because it showed me things about people, about human behavior, about how the world Mm. can affect us. And while we take a talent, a gift from God, and we get into the world. See, now that's the part, mm-hmm. right? Because it was challenging even for me because I had to have rules. I'm Seventh-day Adventist, so the Sabbath begins on Friday for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And ends on Saturday night. Well, concerts happen on Fridays and Saturdays. It's mm-hmm. true. There's work that has wow. to be done. So it was a constant um, internal battle for me um, mm-hmm. to balance my belief system and my professional um, you know, desires and responsibilities. Hmm. And what I found was much like much like Jesus, who walked among the people in the world, mm. right, that he called some of us to do that work. Wow. And it's not. And I was conflicted because I thought maybe I was like riding the line. You know, you, you can't serve two. <laughs> I thought that was what it was. Yeah. And no, what it was, was I put some things in you and I need you to go out and That's be right. a fisher of men. This but, is how you do wow. this work for you. Be in the light. And so I had to do that. And it, and it informed me about things and about how money um, affects people and how people affect people mm. and and wow. our role in that when we can see things differently when our perspective is different when we've experienced things differently mm. we have a relationship mm. with something bigger than us and what you're required to do when you're among people who don't wow. always right or who need to be reminded mm. there are tons of people when you look at the history of music there are a ton of people who were raised in very strict Christian upbringing Seventh-day Adventism is one of the most strict Old Testament religious practices. And it was very challenging as a young person to find my footing there because I was being told constantly what I wasn't supposed to be doing, Mm. but very little about what I was, what I was supposed to do with lived experience, Mm. you know, lived experiences. Right. And so I found that balance there. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And then God said, it's time to go. Wow. You've done your, you've done what you're supposed to do. Let's go over here and do some other things. Wow. That's so cool to hear you 
talk about a lot of that because we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, your daughter being in college and that's such a, the college experience is so much self-discovery and, you know, that doesn't end when you graduate, obviously that's continuing on and hearing you talk about, you know, it seemed like there was this notion of, okay, I have God in this box and I have what being a working mom looks like in this box and I have what being this entrepreneur looks like in this box and God helped break down those walls for you and you just were like unleashed and mm. and you still are, you know, wild. being unleashed. And that's how yeah. we do it. And it's so great because it's in this city and that's the thing, right? It's mm. like as I've grown and changed and moved and done all these other different things, Atlanta has been a constant. Mm. Right. Mm. And so it's like, what do you want to talk about with regard to Atlanta? Do you want to talk about um, education? Because we got that. Yeah. Okay. We've got the most, um, specifically the most HBCUs in a city, one city. Now, other states like Alabama has more in their state. Right. But in a city, city. we have more. And that's not even. And so that's just HBCUs. Then you look at our state institutions that have only increased and elevated their program. Look at Georgia State. Yes. Georgia State in 98. When I was there, totally different <laughs> than GSU 2021. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got sports teams. We're doing it. The school of business is yeah. doing it. Okay. Yeah. Listen, come yeah. on, Panthers. <laughs> All right. You know, UGA's programming yeah. Kennesaw. is. Woo. Kennesaw. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Kennesaw was the first school that was going to, when I was looking at majors and changing and doing all the, yeah. I got creative with it. And I was like, hey, Kennesaw, would you let me do this <laughs> at your school? Because GSU said no. Yeah. But would you? And they're like, absolutely. Look at that. You want to do foreign language and business? You can do it here. Look at that. And I was just like, let me create a program. Um, so at any rate, I, um, I've been attached to the city in so many different ways. Mm. And I just, it's so exciting. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to highlight when we talked today, I was like, do I want to talk only about education? Do I want to talk about the food? Because I don't think people realize that we are a foodie Listen. city. Do oh you hear me? Gosh. Any cuisine that you would like from Imperial Fez, if you want to sit down on the floor Come on and eat traditional, um, you know, what you want to do. You want to get some soul food? Hello, Busy Bee in the AUC. Come on now. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Do you want to eat some sushi? Do you want to get some pho? Go on up Buford Highway. Buford Highway. Listen. Yes, Lord. What do you want to do? You want some authentic <laughs> Southwestern cuisine? We got that. I mean, it's a beautiful place Listen, for a man. number of things. And people assume because we're in the South, right, mm-hmm. that we just are. We're just the South. There's Southern and this is all you've got to offer. And that's it. And we're like, yeah, but baby, don't get it twisted. OK, right. we've don't got put us culture in box. oozing yeah. out of every corner. Yeah. yeah. Of our state. Yes. It's not even just Atlanta, yes. but I mean, our state. Look yes. at Savannah. Look mm-hmm. at yes. Macon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, so, but Atlanta's just, it's a melting pot for real. Yes. Mm. And people come here um, to visit and they stay here and put down roots. Listen, I wasn't planning on being here that long, okay. but I've been here 16 years now. Listen, so, so yeah. But, you uh, but, already but, know. But everything that you said is right, though. It's like, we check all the boxes. Everything that you want to have a conversation about. You know, that's mm-hmm. why here at T.I. call us Wakanda. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, but I get it. Like, I'm like, no, nah, man, like for real. There's there's real life vibranium running around no, here in Atlanta. Real. And it's only going up yeah. because tech is coming yeah. now. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is, this this city is incredible. It's remarkable. Um, and speaking of like the city and like youth and young people, let's talk about the HDP. Let's talk about yes. it. Let's talk about that. Let's, Let's like, talk like, about tell, it. Tell us yes. about the HDP. Like, 
how how did it start? Yes. And uh, what you know, what is its overall purpose and mission? And yeah, just just go from there. Chime in when you want to. Okay, let's yes. d- let's dig in. Uh, class, if you'll pull out your notebooks. There it is. No, I'm just- <laughs> and my blazer. Okay, please do. And your bow tie. Uh, if you're so inclined. Okay. We've got matching socks, too. Um, I've heard about these socks. Listen, the socks. <laughs> Did the girls get their socks The girls yet? have not gotten the socks okay. You know and that it's, socks. it's heated. That's next They're coming. It's yeah. next they level. The, the ladies yes. are like, listen. They have to be coming. And we want We're to change our, our cross ties, too. Oh. Uh, Mr. Fleming, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies of the HDP and I would like to propose. No. So um, the HDP started as um, the brainchild of Brandon P. Fleming. Mm. He um, and it's funny because we met again. Everything is ordered. He was my daughter's teacher at the Ron Clark Academy when we met. Wow. He was the youngest instructor that had ever been recruited at the Ron Clark Academy. He came in there like a Tasmanian devil without the negative connotation. Right. Um, he just came and shook things up. He had young uh, energy. He uh-huh. was excited to learn how to be a better educator. He wanted to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so he was recruited and came here. Um, and he taught there. He taught my daughter. And the things that he taught her about her own brain, about um, how to critically think and look at the world through wow. a lens that allows you to have um, a perspective of growth. Mm. Um, and be comfortable with discomfort, like all of those types of things, and really helped her come out of her shell um, with regard to thought, Mm. you know, and really saying the things in my head are valuable. That's good. But they're only as valuable as as much as I'm willing to share them. That's good. Uh Right? That's really good. So she had to learn that lesson. She's very introverted, my oldest daughter. Was. Mm -hmm. She's no longer, but she was. And so he was part of her her evolution, and so I'm forever grateful for that. But also for me, I mean, as a parent at that school, you are there consistently. And it's part of the reason why the kids there are so successful. Um, And so I was always on campus, you know, Mm -hmm. when I could be because, Mm -hmm. once again, I I had a career that allowed me to be present. Right. You know, right. And so we met at the school. He would be between classes and I would be like kind of at the front desk hanging out with Miss Mosley talking. (laughs) Hey, girl, (laughs) you know, have a conversation like moms do. And so um, we would have conversations about like just different anything that Mm. I wanted to talk because I've always been a nerd. Truth be told, (laughs) I've always been like a super. I was a super geek, like the kind where (laughs) you would see me coming in the hallway and be like, "Mm." Because I, I was like the grammar police, and so people would be like, "Don't talk to Kelly. Don't. You don't want to do that." Because I'm, I'm literally we're having a conversation. I'm like, you realize that you use that word out of context, right? And I had glasses and braces, and so I was always like pushing my glasses. I'm like, you realize, you realize that that's a fallacy, right? You know, I was that kind of kid. Oh my god. Meanwhile, I have a sister who is 12 months and two weeks older than me, and I'm going to make sure you know that she's older than me because people always think I'm older than her, and it is so unfair. So anyway. So, no, I mean, I was always pretty weird. And so um, I was always and I was always one of I was either like the only girl in a certain space. I was the only mm. black person in a certain space. I was only black girl in a certain space. Mm. And so it was I was always kind of just out there, um. like socially awkward and kind of weird. <laughs> took me a while to step into my, you know, okay. to grow into it. It's all good. OK, it took a while. Journey. Yeah. Damn. Maybe this is why you did so well with IT, it you know, because I, too, just... am a weirdo. I too too am left and right brain. No, it really, it really. Your socialness, though. It really was. (laughs) But it's interesting because the space that I'm in now is so fitting. And had Mm. it been a space that existed when I was matriculating, like high school, I probably wouldn't have felt so alone, so, Mm. so different, right? And so it's part of the reason why it's super exciting. So, Brandon, um, 
you know, was doing teacher visitations and things like that. And a Harvard, a person who recruits for Harvard saw him and was like, you need Mm -hmm. to come teach during the summer at Harvard. So Harvard Debate Council has a summer workshop program where they bring educators from around the country to campus to teach young people the art of debate. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they recruited him to come teach in the summer. And so he called me and I was like, this is awesome. You are great. This is I told you that you were destined for great mm-hmm. things. Yeah. You know, this all this. I'm like, you know, I'm a hype girl. If I'm nothing else, I will hype you. Okay. If I love you, <laughs> yeah. we, need, we need people like you yes. in our corner. <laughs> because I mean, I think everybody needs yes. a hype man, you for know. Sure. And so, um, so I just encouraged him. I was like, this is awesome. I said, You realize that they're going to hire you. You you are going to work mm-hmm. at Harvard. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yeah, come on, seriously. And I was like, Okay. And sure enough, they hired him as the assistant debate coach. Wow. At wow. Harvard College. It's crazy, right? Like, wow. Yes. Yeah. You're not even 30 yet. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so he gets there and he's teaching. And he's looking around. And he's like, okay, there's not a whole lot of people around here who look like me. Hmm. And he's not one of those people who just sits and complains about things. Right. Mm. He does something about it. And so he went to, um, you know, his superiors and was like, hey, this is a this is something we should talk about. We need to think about how we can make a difference. And he was like, you know what? I got it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to Atlanta. I'm going to recruit some kids. and I'm going to bring them next summer. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Then he's like, "Mm, okay, let me think about this. Because if these kids don't have debate experience, Mm. how well will they fare on an Ivy League campus with kids who have been debating since they were like 10? Right. Right. So he's like, okay. So I'm not just going to recruit them. I'm going to teach them. Mm. And the first cohort was a six-month cohort of young people from all around the city Mm. who came to Saturday school. Uh, Intensive sessions, like five hours every Saturday for six months. And he promised them that if they did the work, that he would make sure that they got to Harvard in the summer and could study and live on campus for two weeks. Wow. And And he, it was challenging to raise money, right, for a nonprofit. For sure. You know, uh, and he was like down to the wire the first mm-hmm. year. Mm. And and then he got it, got the money to send the kids. It was like a miracle. Wow. Right. And so the first year they go, they're excited. The energy is high. Everybody is like excited about this opportunity. It's, you know, the first time this has been done mm-hmm. at Harvard. And and they get there and they show up and they show out. Wow. First Dang. year on campus. We win the international debate competition at the end of the residency. Let's go. Yep. Jordan Thomas. Four, okay. 48. <laughs> yeah. So, this, so you know, everybody's excited. The mayor mm. is, like, you know, meeting the kids. Wow. And there's a lot going on. We're, Atlanta is like, we're behind you. You got it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a, can they do it again? Mm-hmm. And so, and my students are going to be like, ooh, Miss B, you said again. Because I have a thing about that word. Sometimes I get a little lazy, but my dad never says again. He says again. We were raised saying <laughs> again. again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So, sorry, dad. Hey, you know, it's all right. It's okay. Sorry, Papa. Be free. Yeah. Um, so, at any rate, second year rolls around and we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I came on board. Um, with that cohort and we got back in that classroom. Saturday school is now not mm. six months, it's 10 months now. So we've expanded wow. the program, wow. um, building infrastructure, you know, scaling, working on making sure that we can give kids what they need to right. be successful right. in these spaces. Second year rolls around. This class is brilliant. Just, just vibrant, 
full of life, excited about the world, curious, mm. that kind of curiosity that leads to breakthrough yes. and innovation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Their energy is frenetic. It's, it's crazy. Being in the classroom, it's like electric. Wow. They go up there to Harvard and they show up and they show out a, a game. Again. Again. <laughs> they get up there and they break records this time. Wow. Another set of records. Wow. First debate team to go undefeated from the prelims to the finals. Oh my God. Wow. First team to get a 5 0 decision in a final debate round. They got unanimous agreement on their win. Wow. Right? First two black boys to win the tournament. They and they were both from schools that were that were public schools, right? Westlake mm. and North Atlanta. Yeah. These dudes are just, and they're amazing young men, like humble, generous, mm. kind-hearted, just the kind of kids that you want to see win, you yes. know what I mean? And not just win like competition, but like win at life. Right. So it made it even sweeter. Right. Because they're decent human beings, wow. right? right? And they want to make a difference. So one is now at Pepperdine and the other is at University of Miami, right? And right. so you and so we look at across, you know, this group of young people, so different in experiences, so different mm -hmm. in background, but united in their desire to serve. Wow. Third year rolls around. It's the year of COVID. We start out the year dynamic, kids excited, boom, boom, boom. I mean, we've got footage of their orientation that when you watch it, it just fills you with energy and excitement. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And then you round the corner and it's 2020 mm. and March hits and it's like, everything is closed now. Figure mm -hmm. it out. And our classroom is very dynamic. Like what we do in the room, we have a heuristic learning model. So yeah. it's energy it's up on we're up right. on top of stuff you know chairs we're using pins we're talking loud we're conversing like it's not a raise your hand and wait to be called you know it's not right. that right. type of environment right. right we deal heavy with the socratic method like we're very intentional about the experience of education for, sure. for young people for sure yeah. right and and so we were devastated we were like yeah. Lord, why have yeah. you forsaken us? Like, what? And so we're like, what are we going to do? Like, yeah. how do you convert that yeah. type of classroom into a virtual room? Wow. But these young people were like, nothing's going to stop us. Okay, let's Dang. get in here in this virtual classroom and stunt one time. Come on. And so this wow. was the first year that Harvard had a virtual residency. Wow. And they broke records again. Of course again. they did. First virtual residency. Um, they won that tournament, first black Dang. girl to win and youngest black boy to win the competition ever. Wow. And so, you know. What age was he? What's 15. 15. Wow. And Dang. his debate partner, Madison, um, she actually is, grad she's a graduating senior from Langston Hughes this year. Let's go. And she's going to Harvard. Come on. Yeah, in the fall. Is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I'm talking like this. When you talk about what you wish for an organization and what you want to provide young people, mm -hmm. all we ever wanted to do was to show the world a couple of things. One, that it is not because of a lack of aptitude or or ability or determination. Right. It's a lack wow. of of opportunity and access. Yep. And when you give both the tools and the opportunity to showcase those tools, mm. young people will rise to the occasion every time. Yeah. Every time, because that's what young people do. That's right. They're very resilient. Mm. They're very intuitive. They're not, until they are, inhibited by the world's interpretation of who they are. They're free. Yeah. -er. 
And the more you give them to think about, the more you give them to solve, the more you give them to create, the better the world is because we don't see through the same eyes that young people see mm. through. We've lived some things and mm. had our capabilities and our sensibilities, you know, censored by those experiences. And that is, that's life. Wow. So you've got to give the space and time for young people to do the innovative work. And mm. so here we are. So our mission. Yes. Our mission is to give opportunity to young people to underserved communities, to give them an educational experience that shows them that education is not what you think it is. Mm. And it, it can be whatever you want it to be because mm. you have that power. Young yeah. people want to feel in control. There's so many things they don't have a say-so about. But education and what they want to be and who they want to be is totally up to them. Now it's our job as educators, as mentors, as grown-ups mm. to <laughs> allow them to have the space to be who they are, to give them guidance in areas that are unfamiliar to them because they haven't lived that experience yet, yeah. and to be there when they fall. And that's the thing, you know, that's parenting, that's mentorship, that's being a sister or a brother, a si you know, a, a sibling, a, a child, a, a grandchild. When you are in a village structure, in a family, mm. it is your responsibility to give to receive, because that's the other thing. Receiving is very important. A lot of young people don't even know what that means, right? Mm. And then it's very important for you to do something with it in the form of support for somebody else. Yeah. And so a lot of times young people are afraid to fail. Mm. You know, we, we live in society now <laughs> Adults too. That, will, uh. that will cancel you yeah. if right. you make a mistake, mm. right? And that's mm. not, and so what's crazy about that, when you are a person who is, in the world and not of the world is that you know that that is not who our creator mm -hmm. has designed for us to be to ourselves or to anybody else. Mm. He's a God of forgiveness. So why is the message out here that we are not required to walk as he walked? Yeah. And so, what does forgiveness look like? Cause it's not just saying that's okay. That's okay. No, yeah. it's saying be accountable for the decisions that you made or didn't make that led to this. And now let's work on where we go now. Cause yeah. you don't stop. You know, you fail, you pick yourself up right. and you move mm -hmm. on to the next thing because what failure is supposed to teach you, there's a context for that. So we teach critical thinking because you have to have a critical mind not to get caught in the loop of self-pity, hmm. not to get caught in a loop of depression. And I'm yeah. not saying the clinical kind because clinical kind is different, sure. right? You need help with that. For sure. I'm all, look, Jesus created physicians too. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Okay. <laughs> so if you need the help, get the help. But some people just need to know how to do is coping mechanisms. So when, when you're looking at the Harvard diversity project overall, and you're thinking long-term, mm -hmm. right? Like what would you say, a, what would, how would you measure success? Yeah. Right. And then also what is the long-term plan or the long-term mm -hmm. vision for Harvard diversity project? So when I look over um, the work that we have done, uh, what I know for certain is there's work left to do. Mm. And the question that we have often asked ourselves when we are looking at strategic plan and core vision is um, how many people can we serve in what time period? And what we realize is that Saturday school is not enough. Mm. And so we are working 
quiet as it's kept once again Da-na-na. like we um so and i did that one because we heard we love first, we love sports that's so right. we're gonna do the that's right. we're gonna do the espn sounds we love it. um love it. so uh we're working on building uh a school let's go yes yeah can i come to the school you can you can show up there. I don't know if you'll be admitted <laughs> into class, um, but no. But part of That's part awesome. of that model includes the community. Yeah. And so we want to be a very collaborative mm-hmm. environment that allows young people to get both an academic, yeah. you know, by the book experience, sure. but wow. also real life experience with people who do the things that they want to do. And so part of what we do right now, we look at programming and things that we are doing today that are building toward that tomorrow. Yes. We're looking at our Meet the Leaders series where we bring people in from around the world to talk to these young people, to show wow. them you don't just have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, right? Right. Even though these are all wonderful things and ways to contribute. Um, but there are research people who do research for a living. Yes. There are people who dive into oceans. OK, Facts. marine biologists. Come Hello. You can do that. That's right. You might not know anybody who does it, That's but it right. doesn't mean that it can't be done. There's right. a person who got a Ph.D. in crossword puzzles. OK, wow. first one ever. Listen. I think it happened in 2020. Come on. And so, again, like there's so many different things you can do. And yeah. so when you allow young people to meander through that young enough then when by the time they get to college, they're more prepared to make the decisions we tell 18-year-old kids to make. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you grown now. Bye-bye. All right. Get it ha- make it happen, <laughs> baby. You know, and they're like, okay, so how do I do that? We're helping young people discover their purpose wow. right now. That is remarkable. Again, you can't, you can't, it's hard to be what you can't see, right? And, Correct. And, and when you talk about exposure, and this is even me, me talking like, I come from a situation where, you know, I know the only way to make it out was to, to be an athlete or That's to right. be a lawyer or, or a doctor, but that was pretty much it. So, like, I right. didn't know there were other options. And like, Correct. You know, you, I, I didn't know what an engineer did or okay. was until I became a grown man. There you know go. what I'm saying? And, and that's not that's not a, 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 a dig at my parents or no, of course the situation. Not. It just was what it was. That's right. So, like, I think about mm-hmm. what y'all are doing and the exposure and – the exposure in such ways where you can fully be yourself, right? That's right. And also grow in terms of critical thinking as well as just the opportunities that exist where you can really kind of create your own lane or create your own world based Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. And, and our pillars are scholarship, leadership, and culture. Yeah. You know, for a reason because mm. we want to put leaders into the world. Yeah. Right? That's fantastic. And the thing that's crazy is like you, you may in your mind say, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm going to be a leader. Who's training you Facts. to be that? Yeah. A lot of young people don't get that experience yeah. until they are in college mm. or have graduated. Very true. Why? Yeah. Why would we wait to yeah. build the leadership that we want and that they want for themselves right now today? Yeah. Young people can handle it. They're intelligent enough to do the work. You know what I mean? And like we have to trust them. It's it's one of those things that also it benefits all of us. Correct. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it it's yes. not just the, the 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 students or the kids or whatever the case may be, but it's like nah, society at large mm-hmm. that is correct benefits from all of these brilliant Absolutely. young leaders being developed. That's right. Because our world gets better. But I mean, if we're being honest and we look over history, every major movement. That's right. Every, Every ma- yeah, that's social right. change that's has right. been led that's right. by young people. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
Why would we change that formula? And it's beautiful because, and that's the thing about youth, right? Like you are naive enough to believe, that's to right. not know what you don't know. That's right. And you, you're not scared. And as you get older, you're like, I'm a little more rigid. Okay. I can't lose this. Okay. I got, you know, but when you're young, you're like, man. Sky's the limit. Whatever. Let's yeah. do it. Let's go. Let's right. skydive. Let's, <laughs> right. let's. I still actually want to skydive though. Same. I, just, I do too though. I haven't done it I yet. Did I, that I did that. I did. of college. Look at that. You did? But then, you know, look at that. I didn't awesome. have an, I didn't have a one-year-old. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I didn't have two cats. <laughs> Listen, I did, the, I did the indoor, I did the indoor one. Yeah. And I was like. I'm even more excited I to yes. jump out of a plane. I'm going to do it. I'm, go. I'm going to do it. I really am. I've got great insurance policies. I think I have a twofold question for you sure. because, you know, we want to continue as a church and as a community being for Atlanta the best way we can. Absolutely. And you're like on the front lines of doing that. I think twofold, what gets you, we kind of already hinted on this, but I would love to hear even more. What gets you excited and hopeful about this rising generation of leaders, like the most excited for when they fully get unleashed in the world, because they already are doing a lot of that, yeah, but just, are. you know, when they like really get out there and fully unleashed. And then also what can our community and even just our church do to help make the long-term dream of y'all having a school happen? So wow. before you answer okay. that, okay. And <laughs> I, I, that's, that's really deep. So, cause it's good. And I, I think it's fantastic. And, after you answer these, okay. we about we gonna move on to some. There's a quiz. To remember, there, there's all three a quiz of these questions that <laughs> is gonna happen. Okay, but I just want to prepare you. So go ahead. All right. There you go. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so what gets me most excited about this generation of leaders is that they're not with the the smoking mirrors, mm. right? Mm. Like they don't do <laughs> so true pretense. Um, a lot of them have shed what the generation before them has carried in the form of pretentiousness. For sure. Ah. They're getting back to basics. You hear me? They want integrity filled leadership. Mm. They want a world that is equitable. Mm. They want a clean planet. They want, I mean, so all of the things it's like, they're like the culmination of the last like 30 years, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. um, because they are just awake. That is so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not only are they wow. awake, but they understand how each of us, like sociologically speaking, they understand the organization of human beings. Yes. Mm. Because we've spent centuries trying to figure out. That's right. Right. And we've seen a lot of we're having a lot of conversations about centuries right. old wow. um, ways in which we relate to one another, whether you're talking gender, whether you're talking race, whether you're talking um, uh, socioeconomics, whether you're talking any number of differences that we have as human beings, they are very vested yes. in making sure that we have yeah. one community. That's right. And that mm. we are not based on the titles or the, you know, the appearance, right? Yeah. Or the accolades, but we're based more on how we serve one another. For sure. And so mm. as we, and it's crazy because it's like, you know, we've grown so much as a globally, right? Our population is like 7 billion people. And it's like, as we grow, we become more and more cliquish, right? Versus mm -hmm. becoming more and more worldly, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning not worldly in the sense of like the negative connotation, but worldly in the sense of understanding sure. yeah. culture and the intersections sure. of us as humans. And so it excites me because they're thinking actively mm. about how 
the world works and how they can change the way that the world works to suit who we are today. Mm. Much different than who we were in the 1700s, right? right? And the 1300s and all of these things. And so they recognize that and they have an appreciation for where we've come from. Yeah. And they know that they have the power to guide us in where we're going. Mm. And so that's what's most exciting for me about that. And as a community, particularly and specifically as a church, I think it's really important for us to teach young people how to have relationships with God. Mm. And so, mm. I mean, obviously there's the whole follow us on social media. <laughs> we are on all of the platforms at Harvard DCDP, right? You could do that. Yeah. Please amplify the messaging. Talk to your friends. Yeah. Send young people. All right, cool. Well, now it's time, Miss Kelly. Here we to, go. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for today. So here's okay. the thing. Uh, we are going to give you two choices okay. of something that is Atlanta related. You are going to yay one of them, meaning the one that you like, and you're going to nay the other. Okay. All right. So we're going to do that. All right. Hey, what's, what's up? What, what you got? <laughs> what you got for Miss Kelly over there? I like it. Um, what I want to start out with, because I'm I'm pretty obsessed on one of these ways, okay. is Avengers versus Hunger Games. Oh, come on. Mm. Come on, mm. Hunger Games for the yay. Look at that. Whoa. Hunger oh, Games. my God. Oh, for Kelly, the yay. It's hurting okay. me. All right. I will go forward as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> I will. When the time comes, call Look at on that. me. So ah. just to be clear, we are naying the Avengers, and we are, we are But really, yaying. Tony Stark was like, he volunteered his tribute, too? I mean, oh, I, yes, that's listen, true. He did. we all love Tony. That's true. Okay, without Tony, Tony we wouldn't have some of these shout nuances and technology. Shout that's out, true. Tony. That's shout out okay. Tony Stark. There we go. There we go. All right. Okay. We are definitely okay. going okay. Hunger okay. Games. All right. Let's, let's go. Let's go this. You got hip-hop ties. Let's go T.I. or Ludacris. Well, listen, we got to keep it. We got to keep it DTP. Ugh. I'm going with Ludacris. And I'm going to tell you, here's the thing. It's challenging for me because they're both they're both wordsmiths. Yeah, true. Mm. T.I. will give you an SAT word listen. in 3.2 seconds flat. Okay. <laughs> Expedition. I will be sleep. like, listen, T.I., let me write this word down. Because sometimes he says some words and I'm like, I don't know that that's a word. And then I'll write it down. And sure enough, it is It is a word. And he used it in context. I am so proud. Every time I discover that. It happens yeah. every time I watch anything that has T.I. He says a word every single time. No matter what it's like reality, a TV show or on his on his show. I, listen, I'm like, wow, dude. I need to. I mean, he really makes me stay up on top of my vocabulary. Shout out to Ti. But Ludacris is a pun creator. Oh my His God. pun game is only oh, is only matched by Little Wayne. Listen. And I'm talking about early Little Wayne, yeah. not like yeah, you talking mixtape Wayne? Wayne. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, talking about Hot one. Boys Wayne. Yeah, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, Ludacris has a way of making things that seem mundane seem really hilarious because yes. he's got a really cool sense of humor. Yeah, and he has a really great. Pun game. Yes. Like if you can listen. I love a pun. I'm gonna okay? tell you something. Like featured artist Luda. Yes. Is on another level. Listen, let's like, run them down. If you want your remix to That's be right. dope, you're gonna go get Ludacris. In the two thousands, between yeah. like oh three ninety nine two thousands. Right, okay. Let's talk about it. When that song plays, you better get your Bible out and pray. Okay, we're not gonna talk about what really happens when that song plays. But no, he but in the two thousands, he was like on everybody's yep. songs and he just kinda lifts he does. you know, mm. people and his love for music. Yeah. And love for people yeah. because that's a, you know, shout out DTP and Ebony Sun Entertainment. Hey, Jeff and Chaka and Aisha, <laughs> you know, um, because I grew up in the industry with these people. Yeah. And what I learned, you know, I saw a lot, you know, as far as like the narcissism of for sure. that world. For sure. But this group of people. Yeah. 
were all about family That's amazing. and all about building That's amazing, and all yeah. about about helping people not just they taught the music industry For sure. they lived the music industry but they just it just was a different type of experience and i know you know from having friends and networking across the industry right. that what i experienced growing up it's in the industry the was not typical at all and it's in mm. part due wow. to these folks so i had to go Ludacris i'm not even mad at that i appreciate on that, that one like, for sure let's go with it I would have to, yeah, roll out forever. Listen, <laughs> welcome to Atlanta. I okay, know, I love on. it. I love it. Okay, what about let's go into some sports things? Okay, okay. First, Val- Falcons versus Braves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Neither. Here's the thing, guys. Uh oh. So give it to us. So here's the thing. <laughs> I I got tired of losing. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Braves gave us a lot a of, bit. listen, like, yeah, the Braves and, and yeah. the stadium changes sure. that have happened over the years, sure. every one of them has been exciting for yeah, me. Because yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, the food just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> like the field itself, the seating, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. enhanced. It's much better. Okay. So yes. I love the Braves. And I'm all for, the, oh, yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, it might yeah, not be politically correct. But, you know, I love it. Okay. See how it plays out. The Falcons have repeatedly caused me to go into a closet yes. of shame. That's fair. <laughs> and That's I fair. just every time I'm That's like fair. 28 point it's lead. Painful. We got this. 23. You know, no, it's yes. it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then I will tell you, quiet as it's kept. Yeah. Um, I applied to Xavier University in mm-hmm. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So I was Saints love. Listen, mm-hmm. I had I have a little black and gold. Yeah. In me. Yeah, yeah. You it's understand okay. what I'm saying? Sorry, it's tough. It's all right. I appreciate your honesty in this confession. You know, I don't want it to come out later. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm ashamed now because they now. saw me wearing, yeah, yeah. you know, a fleur de lis and they were like, oh, what? I got you. And so, Is this? I mean, so it sounds like we're going to go yay Braves, nay-ish Falcons because they continue to break our hearts. They they do yeah, break yeah. our hearts but, harder. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, I'm a, I mean, and I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm but not I love. Even, oh, I okay. Well, but you're allowed because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you haven't. Yeah. You didn't go to high school here. That's true. So that's true. You're supposed to be dedicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you graduate that's from true. high school, that's true. Yeah. Falcons fans go hard now. But I will say this yes. though, I, and this is I'm just going to vindicate myself on, here because there. my sister, yes, is a big hard. enough Falcons fan for all of us. There it is. There we go. Osmosis process right there. I'm just going to live vicariously through her Falcon fanhood. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. <laughs> you know, regardless of the game that's actually happening, yes. would you choose to be at Mercedes Benz Stadium or mm-hmm. Truist Park? <laughs> Since Wait, we've said I don't you know what? Here's the thing. I love Mercedes Benz yeah. mm-hmm. because it's it's just a really interesting Amazing. looking space. True. It's huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but Truist though, Truist got got game. Hey, Truist. Because when you go to Truist, first of all, the parking is easy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Because I can't, I don't want to have to run across Northside Drive. That's true. That's scary. That's a scary situation. (laughs) That's valid. You're right. Okay. There's some nooks and crannies of parking down there that make you say, is this a real lot? (laughs) I'm not sure. He had on a vest. (laughs) And he did take cash out. So I'm feeling confident that this is a real lot. (laughs) But go. if my car's not here when I get back, Jesus, just let me know <laughs> that I can get an Uber <laughs> at this hour. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Truist because the parking Fair is enough. awesome Respect. and the food. Mm. Everything up over yeah. there. I think mm. I've been to every spot 
that. I mean, it, 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 it hits, though. It Look, hits, man. Punchbowl Social is my uh, spot. Not only can is. you eat good, but now we get to play some games, and too. And karaoke. Yeah, karaoke, too. Listen, they on. have Uno cards, y'all. Listen, okay, in the cage. I'm about Let's that get life. It. Yeah. I'm all for that. the end. <laughs> they have cauliflower nachos. Oh, my God. I don't eat I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian, and so I have to be, like, real particular and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But in truest, I'm free. <laughs> Yard house, yes. Okay. <laughs> Do we want some tacos? Perhaps. Oh, want gosh. some pizza? Yes, please. Jenny's ice cream? Oh, my uh, gosh. With the non-dairy? Yes. <laughs> You're free. Listen, there they got is. live music at Fuh East, the place that has all the oh, little, yeah, they listen, do know live that. music on Friday nights. What do you want to do? Look at that. Truest has it for you. Truest does have it. They, they even have the little, uh, uh, the Roxy. Listen. They got the little, they even have a cigar bar there now. They, they, they do? Yeah, they got, really? I mean, Truest mm. is like, it's got Truist everything. Is, Listen, they're not stopping. Yeah. Okay, we love it. This is this isn't an ad. We for love Truist, to see it. It's the, the most exciting thing since yeah. Atlantic Station. Yeah, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. And station. they got sports. Because Atlantic, yeah, Atlantic Station doesn't have sports. They have shopping yeah, though. That's true. They have shopping. Hello, Dillard. Shout right. out. All right, this is this is it. This is it right here. This <laughs> okay. is the last one. Yeah, your name. Yeah, your name. Yeah, your name. Six Flags versus Cascade Skating Rink. Oh, that's not even fair. Come on. My childhood, mm. like my youth. Come on. Okay. My youth was spent at both of those places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's see. Okay. I think I'm going to go Cascade Skating. Okay. And here's why. All right. Because nowhere else can you go where there are little bitty baby kids and old people all in one space mm. having fun, good, clean fun, just skating. Come you know on. what I mean? Listen. You Kelly, Miss B, all of the above. This has been amazing yes I'm excited thank you so much man this is this is giving us life your Y'all presence has given us life, life today awesome. and I'm like that emoji that's like the the mind blown emoji yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> but listen, i'm also the laughing crying one too. It's right okay. it's been all of it you got all the emojis <laughs> in one space the, you have to do the bless hands yeah, and the hallelujah hands. Yes. So, that too now so because it's all in order <laughs> do this and then we're going sure. to get out of here Tell our listeners how they can uh, find you or or contact you or uh, the HDP. Yes. And then we'll get out of here. Okay. So um, if you're looking for information, want to learn more about the organization, go to www.harvarddcdp.org. That's our website. We're on all social platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at HarvardDCDP. Um, and you can find me. Uh, the Miss B. Okay. Yes. On Instagram. The Miss B. I'm on B. Facebook. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. And coming soon, I'll have my website. Uh, it's going live June the 1st, along with this announcement. Okay. Uh, and it's kellybritton.com. Yes. So I thought it was weird. I was like, this seems really vain. But people are like, yeah, people want to be able to easily find you. Yeah. Yep. Right. Cool. So please just put your name on it. It's all right. It's, it was some work. Yeah. You all hear me? Okay. Yeah. To do that. Because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So you can you can find me on all social platforms. And if you just want to send me an email, you can do that too. If that's your bag. Hey, I'm here for it. K Britton. K-B-R-I-T-T-O-N like Nancy at harvarddcdp.org. I'm always here for it. I love to talk. I love to converse, more importantly. Mm. Um, I love people, and I especially love young people. Again, thank you so much. Yes. We you. look forward to continuing our partnership. Absolutely. Forever. That's how, that's ever, yes. ever, yes. ever. We're ever, in Atlanta, so you got to put the ever, ever. ever, ever. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right. Thank you. 
thanks so much for checking out the For Atlanta podcast. We hope that today that you learned and love Atlanta a little bit more than you did the day before. And if you have any stories, people, recommendations for us on how to love our city more, uh, please slide in those DMs at Buckhead Church. And of course, we invite you to check out our podcast on all platforms that podcasts are offered.